1: Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Dorin and Carla
0: Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of Job Job spoke, saying, Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? He is a slave who longs for the shade, a hireling who waits for his wages. So I have been assigned months of misery and troubled nights have been allotted to me. If in bed I say, when shall I arise? Then the night drags on. I am filled with restlessness until the dawn. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted.
0: Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted.
1: Praise the Lord for he is good. Sing praise to our God, for He is gracious. It is fitting to praise Him. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem, the dispersed of Israel He gathers.
0: Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted.
1: He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars, He calls each by name.
0: Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted.
1: Great is our Lord and mighty in power, to His wisdom there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, The wicked he cast to the ground.
0: Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, If I preach the gospel, there is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have recompense. But if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all so as to win over as many as possible. To the weak, I became weak, to win over the weak. I have become all things to all, to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may have a share in it. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark.
0: Glory to you, O Lord.
1: On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him they said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, here we are with the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time and kicking off the month of February.
1: Very quickly kicking off the month of February. 2024 is in full swing here. And, uh, you know, we really have, I think, the theme of the mystery of suffering in the readings. And I found on February 5th, this coming week, a uh, saint that can really help us through some of this mystery of suffering. Uh, This is St. Agatha. Again, her feast day is the 5th. And she is one of the most highly venerated virgin martyrs in the Catholic Church. She was born around 231, uh, around Sicily area. And uh, she was, as she grew up, she was desired by a gentleman named Quintanius. And uh, he had his these persistent proposals, which she had spurned um, because she had wanted to be a consecrated virgin. And he said, well, if I can't have you, I'm bringing you before the judge. And guess who the judge was? It was him. that's convenient yeah not convenient so he had her imprisoned in a brothel that did not change her he brought him he brought her before him once again sent her off to prison had her tortured ended up having her breast cut off uh this this is terrible spurned love sort of thing or whatever i don't know but um no food no medical attention and then agatha had a vision of the apostle saint peter who comforted her and healed her wounds uh, still, Quintinius was not uh, impressed. He had her stripped and rolled over uh, hot coals, and then she passed into heaven around 2:51. She was she was only about 20 years old. So, what a a life of suffering for Christ and her purity that Saint Agatha really provides for us this week to really reflect on. And of course, these readings have so much of that mystery of suffering in it. So, Saint Agatha, please read up her on her on February fifth. Yeah. yeah. Well, mystery of suffering with Job. So he's a good man who suffers total disaster. He had, he experienced prosperity, disaster, depression, and finally restoration. So you have, if you remember the story of Job in chapter one, Satan tests Job. He loses all of his children, all his personal property, but yet God continued to praise Job. Chapter two, Satan attacks Job personally, afflicts him with this terrible disease Uh, His wife, kind of maybe being a piece of work, she says, you know, Job just cursed God and die. (laughs) So maybe not the best response, but he still said nothing against God. But then Job's friends come, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They sat on the ground with him for seven days in silence. Chapter three, Job complains to God. Chapter four, they begin this first dialogue, what Eliphaz speaks. We're going to hear about him in a minute. And then in chapter seven, you have Job's response to Eliphaz, which is what we pick up today. And they talk for the next 33 chapters. So this is the dialogue between his response to Eliphaz.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, like you say, this is uh, that discussion about um, his friend trying to convince Job that all of his loss and suffering, it's just a punishment for something that Job did to offend God. You know, that's a very Old testamentish way of thinking, that loss and hardship General tragedies in life are punishments inflicted by God. That is so untrue. The problem with that kind of thinking is that it trivializes God. It reduces our omnipotent creator of the universe to nothing more than a vengeful tyrant who wants his pound of flesh. Bad things happen. We live in a broken world and we can't assign that blame to God. God created everything and everything that God created is good. It is through the free will refusal of mankind to cooperate with God's will that brought death and destruction into the world. Sin didn't create something new. Sin simply distorted the good that was already created. So getting back to Job's dilemma, in adopting the belief that Job's troubles are the result of God's punishment— that, the fact that that not only trivializes God's greatness, but the mindset places the blame on God for the corruption that exists due to the sin of mankind. You know, life's hardships, sicknesses, suffering, and death, they exist in this world, not as a result of God's punishment, but rather as a result of our sin.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and you know, with this whole conversation as you bring up between Eliphaz and Job, uh, I thought it would be good to... Uh, to kind of bring a few comments on how not to be an eliphaz yeah <laughs> so, so these are actually who some, needs a friend yeah, right? like that
0: right <laughs> yeah.
1: so this is a way of, you know this is actually fr- some comments from a catholic answers uh chaplain a few years ago and uh i think this is really important because if you have either yourself that's going through something this this difficult or someone uh A friend of yours who is going through something difficult i think it's important to really understand how to be with that person and how not to be that with that person and how not to help them so these are things that you don't want to say to a job first off you don't want to say hey others have it worse what are you there to complain about well you know these comparisons between you and others uh you know, while they might be, say, a rational thought by someone who's not suffering, you know, they still don't cancel out these lived experiences of suffering and pain and hurt. You know, I think it's much better to kind of say, hey, I'm with you and you are not alone. I will be with you through this journey. Secondly, you don't want to be in Eliphaz and say, well, if you had more faith, you wouldn't be so miserable. <laughs> so Job had plenty of faith. Um, but we need to remember that St. James in his epistle said, is anyone sad among you? let him pray be with that person in prayer. Third, don't say, you know what? You just think about your, yourself too much. Well, you know, oftentimes when things are going well, you may not think about yourself when things are going badly. That is normally the kind of reflect. And, and it is that a natural response, but instead of saying, Hey, just you're thinking about yourself too much, just say, Hey, you know what? You are loved by God and we're going to get through this. And then fourth, don't assume that any of your great advice is simply enough to beat this person's deep depression or melancholy or suffering. You know, this is a a battle, a spiritual battle, sometimes physical battles that need constant help from others. And St. Thomas Aquinas points out that the end, while there is struggle and drudgery and fighting in this world, uh, the final end of this persistence and prayer is victory. And so be with that person, please do not be an Eliphaz.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) no kidding. Yeah.
1: Well, let's go ahead and move on to the second reading today. We have the reading from St. Paul to the Corinthians.
0: Yeah. And St. Paul is writing that the work he's doing to share the gospel is not something that was forced on him, but rather something that he freely chooses to do. And he goes on to point out that even though he's free to choose this work. He sees it as an obligation, his responsibility to share the gospel. Now, a healthy, functional family, they assign duties, you know, even little toddlers. You know, Hey, you go you know, put the socks away or whatever. Every family member has a duty, a job to do so that all participate in the success of the family. And in that respect, each member has an obligation to contribute to the success. However, each member also has free will and can desert the family unit, creating a deficit and leading to a possible collapse of the family. All baptized Christians also have an obligation to participate in the healthy growth of the mystical body of Christ, the family of Jesus.
1: Yeah, and you bring up that contribution. I, I really hit on this part. I offer the gospel free of charge. If you think about that, our Catholic family, and how we have our priests and our deacons and and offer that gospel free of charge well we as family members i believe have an important part to contribute to the health and the growth and the stability of the parish and the church and with this privilege of being in this catholic family we also have a responsibility to to balance out the needs and to be able to provide for that in a very special way and so i'm thinking about this think about oftentimes you read this and you go well if The church offers the gospel free of charge well that probably means that hey i can uh just take everything else from the church that they offer free of charge and you know a laborer still deserves a just wage you know we often think anything to the related to church obviously needs less money And that's just not the truth. So we're often happy to lay down $100 for dinner, but man, pry that $10 out of my hand for a collection plate sure is a tough thing to do. So we need to bounce. We need to be part of that family member that you talk about. Contribute and develop a spirit of gratitude of what the church really does provide for us. How important that is.
0: It certainly is.
1: Well, in closing, what do we have for the gospel today?
0: Well, St. Mark tells us that Jesus um, approached. this is uh, Peter's mother-in-law we're talking about. So he approached her and he grasped her hand and he helped her up. And then the fever left her. I think there's a lesson about how Jesus heals. If we, if we break this down in order for Jesus to help her, first of all, he, he approached her uh, and he took her hand, but in order for him to take her hand, she had to accept the helping hand of Christ she had to become a willing participant. Too often, people refuse to let Jesus take their hand because of their own willfulness. You know, think about a two year old. They fight to be free of a hand that's holding them, you know, to, to cross that busy street. The child wants independence. I want to do it my way, regardless of right or wrong, and in ignoring the dangers. And then, secondly, the mother in law had to trust that Jesus could heal her. You know, look at a child with a skin knee. It's very common for the child to cup her hands around the wound and not let anyone touch it, because I'm afraid that the help being offered might hurt more than the wound that Jesus is offering. So we, so we have to, uh, first we have to accept the help, and then we have to trust that he's going to be able to help us. And then... After all of this, we have to cooperate. We hear then that Jesus helped her up. He didn't pick her up. He helped her up. And when hardships and tragedies strike, a lot of people just refuse the help that God offers because in order for God to help us, to cure us, we have to accept the fact that he is God and we're not. We have to submit ourselves to his will for our life, and we have to cooperate with his will for our lives. Amen. Amen.
1: You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I-Radio.com.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through maturadayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.